You're listening to Ideal Practice, episode number 28. Y'all, a few months ago, I was on a trip, and uh, while I was in the middle of a long day's drive, uh, we pulled off to get a bite to eat and ended up having an experience that was one of the worst customer service experiences I think I've ever had. It was so bad, it was funny. I'm going to tell you that story, and we're going to have a conversation about how to lose clients, or more preferably, how not to. And at the end, I hope you will stick around because I've got an idea for an exercise that I think could help you avoid some really common mistakes in your own practice so that you're not running off clients when you don't mean to. So that's what we're talking about today. Stay tuned. I'm Wendy Pitts-Reeves, and with over two decades of experience in the private practice world, I've built my six-figure business while learning a lot of lessons the hard way. This is the first podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of energy, alignment, and strategy to build a practice that is profit-centered, but people-forward. This is the Ideal Practice Podcast. Hey guys, this is Wendy. Welcome back to Ideal Practice. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I love hanging out with you this way every week. You know that. I hope you know that because I really do. How are you doing? How's your week unfolding? As I record this in late September, early October, it is beautiful where I live. It's cold or not cold. I shouldn't say that. I live in Tennessee. I have no right to say that. It's cold to me, which actually isn't very cold at all. But you know, I'm a wuss. What can I say? It's kind of interesting because the trees are just beginning to show a hint of color. They're actually still quite, quite green in a way that I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest. But I do see signs that fall is coming. And uh, I'm trying to appreciate that. (laughs) I hope things are going well wherever you are, and I hope business is cracking. I hope you're making good money. I hope you're making a huge difference, and I hope you're having some fun along the way. Today, I've got a story for you about some customer service experiences I've had that were pretty awful. In fact, when I went back to review my notes as I was preparing for this episode, one story in particular was so bad, it just made me laugh all over again, remembering it, because it sounds like some kind of a late night comedy routine. I kid you not. And it's easy to assume that those kinds of things happen to other people, specifically in big corporate situations or in you know the Walmarts of the world, whatever. But that's not actually true. Mistakes can happen in any kind of business, and there are all kinds of ways that we all could be running off clients and don't even know that we're doing it. So I think it's worth it to talk about some of these things and to uh, to make sure that we're not making those kinds of mistakes in our own practice. So I thought I would start by just sharing with you the inspiration for this episode. Back in the spring, it seemed like I just had this whole series of things that kept happening, um, either to me or around me. One of the first things that I remember happening was that a colleague of mine, who is an all, who was also an entrepreneur, um, was trying to correct something with her card processor, the online processing account that she uses to collect payments from her client, to process their credit cards, etc. Somehow or another, 
I think in the middle of a move while she was moving her office, she had set up like two different accounts with the same processor, or maybe was using two different emails, something like that. It was one of those kind of glitches that can happen that you don't even realize that you've done. She caught it and she was trying to fix it, but she could not get through (laughs) to this company. She spent like almost two weeks, I think, trying to get that resolved. She would call them, couldn't get through, would send them emails, kept getting those sort of autoresponder emails. Your message is very important to us. We will respond to you as soon as we can, et cetera, et cetera. Or she would talk to someone and they would tell her they had fixed it, but nothing changed. Eventually she did get it worked out, but it was incredibly frustrating. And it made things confusing in her business in terms of how and where her clients were paying her. So it was really, really frustrating at the moment. But at the same time, I was in the middle of planning a, um, a trip. I was actually traveling out of state to go work with some of my coaching clients. And in this particular case, my clients were paying for the trip, which was beautiful and sweet. I was thinking it's time for us to have an in-person conversation. And I really wanted them to come to me. But they were like, you know what? If, if you'll come here, we'll pay for it. And I'm like, okay. But because somebody else was paying for it, and because this is the kind of person I am, I was really conscious and super careful about costs. And so I chose to use one of those, you know, no frills, budget kind of airlines. I thought I want to keep this as simple and as low cost as possible, which is a perfectly fine thing to do. But somehow in the process, I got some notifications from the airline, you know, those automatic things they send you, the emails that just say, you know, you've got your ticket, here's all the things to prepare before your trip, etc. It wasn't really clear, but the confirmation numbers didn't quite make sense. They didn't quite line up. And I've traveled a fair amount, actually, so I wasn't too worried that there was anything significant here. But I just to be on the safe side, wanted to kind of get that cleared up before I actually left on the trip. I didn't want to have to be worrying about that at the last minute. So I started trying to contact the company like three or four weeks before the trip. Just want to clarify, just want to make sure I don't quite understand these confirmation numbers. Is this all right? I went through every line on every page of their website. I called the the so-called customer service numbers. It either went nowhere or went to a loop that you couldn't get out of. There was no way to leave a voicemail. They would say, please go to our website. I went to their website. That wasn't very helpful. There was no way to send an email. I literally could not contact the company. It was like a hall of mirrors where no matter what direction you followed that they gave you, you bumped into a mirror and just kept running into yourself over and over again. It was crazy making. um, And it was such a terrible way to serve a client. I ended up having what I did was I just got to the airport like an extra hour early and went to their ticket counter and said, here's the confirmation numbers I'm getting. It should be okay, but I just don't quite trust this. Can you look at it? And the ticket counter person looked at it and she was like, I don't know why you're getting this. It all looks fine. I can see why you were concerned, but it all looks good on our end. Okay. (laughs) So it turned out okay. And I guess I could have gone to the ticket counter earlier, but you shouldn't have to do that. It was just super frustrating because everything they said online was, if you have a problem, call this number or, or take this step. None of which ever got you in touch with a human being. It was like they were hiding from the world. Remember that. And then there was the doozy, the story that made me decide to create this episode for you. This was the experience that I had 
that was so bad. I sat down and wrote it down as soon as it was over because I thought I want to remember this because it was just crazy. So my partner and I were uh, had been camping and were on our way home from a camping trip and decided to take some back roads through North Georgia. Uh, really, really, really pretty drive. If you've never done that, the hills of Northern Georgia are just gorgeous. It was a beautiful sunny day. We had had a lovely trip. We were in a great mood. Everything was fine. And on this little kind of two-lane road that, you know, goes through a lot of small towns, we decided to stop at a standard, typical, major, global fast food chain. I won't I won't name names, although it sure was tempting, <laughs> but I won't. But it was a fast food company that I actually like. It's one of my favorites that I like to go to from time to time. And um, there were actually two of them side by side, as you know, often happens. So she went to one and I went to the other. We were just like going to divide and conquer, go get what we wanted, meet back at the at the car in a moment. And because we fully expected this to be quick, we left our dog in the car. It wasn't a hot day. It was a cool spring day. It was fine. Windows were cracked. She was fine. But it was a calculated risk. And we were like, we're, we should only be in there in just a few minutes. It should be fine. So I pop into this fast food place. And when I get inside, there is a crowd of people up at the counter. It's It looks like a large family, like maybe a Sunday afternoon after church gathering of all of your local relatives, that kind of get together, which is really common around here. Um, and I could see that there was some confusion on their faces. And I was waiting to get in line and overheard what the, the staff member was saying to them. And what he was explaining to them was that they are no longer accepting orders at the counter. Instead, they were asking this large group of people to turn around and enter their order on the two kiosks that were standing right behind them. Here I am thinking I'm going to be in line, but I watched this group of literally, there were like, I don't know, 9, 10, 12 people of various ages, <laughs> turn around and start trying to sort out a complicated family uh, order on a kiosk. And I just saw that thought, well, that's going to take a while. I can't wait for that. So they had signs hanging up saying that you could download an app and place your order online and it would be faster. And I thought, well, okay, I'll do that. I can handle that. So while I'm standing there watching this large family try to figure out their way through the, through the online ordering, I downloaded the app, waited for it to come through, set it up, opened it up, no problem, and placed my order. Didn't seem like it was that hard to do. And then I got a notification that saying the order had been placed. But in the notification, it said that I had doubled my order. Now that was possible here because it was new to me. I'd never used this app before. Maybe I hit something twice. I don't know. But I didn't need two of whatever it was I was ordering. I just needed one. So I went up to the kid at the counter and you know how, I mean, this was some poor, sweet teenage guy. And I asked him to fix it. I said, I went ahead and downloaded the app. I placed an order, but it looks like I have doubled my order. Can you help me fix that? Because I don't want to pay for this twice. And I couldn't see any way to fix it on the app. He said, no, he could not help me. He could not help me on the app. He could not help me through a cash register. He could not help me in the store at all. What he could do instead was give me a phone number that I could call to get my order fixed. He also couldn't find my order while I was standing there. I'm like, okay. The application had said that the order was being prepared, but he couldn't find it. It looks like they're charging me twice. He can't fix it. He gives me a phone number. 
I'm now getting a little frustrated because I've left poor little Biscuit in the car. And if you all don't know about Biscuit, I'll tell you about her another time. But I left little Biscuit in the car and I decided I don't have time to fool with this. I just want to cancel the order and move on. But no, turns out he couldn't do that either. In fact, I have to call that number to cancel my order while I'm standing in the store at the counter where you pick up the food. He says, I'm sorry, we can't handle uh, mobile orders here. You'll, you'll have to call that number. And yeah, he still can't find my order. <laughs> While I'm literally standing there incredulous, trying not to be rude, but getting more frustrated by the minute, I get a note on the app. While I'm standing there at the counter, my phone buzzes in my hand and I look at it and it has a message that says, it looks like you've left your cart. Would you like to come back? So in that moment, it looks like the order didn't go through at all. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want to come back. I want to cancel it. But this kid can't tell me anything about my order. Then he tells me, that it takes 10 to 15 minutes for the order to go through, go through the system, and then they'll make it. It was making no sense. Well, at that point, I was so frustrated that I was ready to leave and never step foot in this particular fast food chain again. When, I mean, literally, I was like just over it. (laughs) And as I was standing there trying to decide what the heck am I supposed to do now, Another staff member, a young woman, comes to the counter and hollers, hollers, I'm from Tennessee, yells out to the waiting room, out to the dining waiting room, out to the dining room and says, she's holding up a bag of food and yells, guest, you know, like you would yell out the name Williams, but she yells, guest, and she's just speaking to the large, the room at large as if somebody in this room full of clients is going to know that they are, quote, guest, unquote. Well, I just cracking a joke. I said, what's in it? I might take it. And I was basically half joking. I was just irritated. It was my order. I cannot tell you how frustrating that entire experience was. It was sort of mind-blowingly bad. And it made me think this is one of those things that a company institutes thinking they're going to be helping in some way with no idea of how it looks like on the ground. I'm sure they were trying to speed things up. I'm sure they were trying to make fast food even faster. And some of you might tell me this is a really good reason to swear off fast food anyway, because it's not good for you. I know all that. (laughs) But it was a heck of a lesson in customer service. Because not only did the app not work, but the employees had no idea how to help the customers who were standing in front of them. I felt sorry for them but not sorry enough not to be irritated. So let's think about this from the point of view of a business owner. It's like I said at the beginning, it's easy to assume this kind of thing only happens in big companies, big stores, big operations, and not to small businesses as most of us have in the healing arts world. But it's not true. There are four or five places I can think of in your practice where I think you should take a closer look to make sure that your clients aren't having trouble that you may or may not know about. Let me touch on a couple of these to give you some ideas. First of all, 
let's say I'm a potential client. I'm looking for a new therapist, a new energy healer, um, a, a midwife. I'm looking for um, a, a, a personal trainer. I'm looking for a nutritionist. And I'm having trouble just finding you. That's the first place I have trouble. I don't even really understand what it is you do or how you can help me. When I go online and Google folks who do what you do, you all sound just alike. How, how, do, I, how do I even find somebody that I know can actually help me solve my problem? And when I start trying to hook up with people, nobody's taking anybody anyway. So how, I don't even know how to find somebody. But the biggest problem is either what I read about you online or what I can tell about your work online, either it's not clear to me at all. It's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. (laughs) It's a bunch of really technical terms or one person sounds just like the other. And I can look up 10 people in my community and I, how do I know who to contact? So the, in the beginning, the first thing I have trouble with is finding you. And then the second thing that I might be having trouble with is reaching you. I can't find your phone number. It takes me 10 minutes to find it. I finally find it. And then I call. But when I call it, it says your voicemail is full. Or maybe your voicemail isn't full, but the message sounds like a robot, like you're tired or slightly irritable or not particularly thrilled to hear from me. And I leave a message, but you don't ever call me back. So I think, well, can I text you? Is this a landline? I don't really know. Is that okay? Is that appropriate? Would you answer me if I did? And then I'm like, well, okay, so maybe I can't use the phone or maybe the voicemail isn't working or maybe they just didn't get my message. Maybe I can email them instead. But where's your email address? Oh, you've got a contact page. Okay, well, I guess I can fill that out. But where does that go? Who sees that? How much information should I put there? Do I know it's going to you or is it going to go to some administrative assistant that, I mean, I just don't even know. How does this work? So first I had trouble finding you at all and knowing how that, knowing that you were the one I really wanted to reach out to. And now that I'm reaching out to you, I'm having trouble connecting with you. And then when I finally do connect with you, I have trouble scheduling. For one thing, I really need a daytime appointment because I have a, a manufacturing job that I work from middle of the night to middle of the night, <laughs> like crazy hours. I really need somebody who can see me in the evening, or I really need somebody who can see me on a Saturday. Um, or my kids are involved in some pretty serious things at school, and I can't afford to take them out of school. I'm trying to find someone who can work with me on my schedule. How do I do that? And if, and if you can't help me, how do I find someone who can? And even if I want to see you, I can't see how to set up an appointment. Where do I go to schedule with you? Is there a a link somewhere I can click on? Is there a calendar? Is there a button? I don't see it anywhere on here. And did I mention earlier that it was already kind of hard to reach you? How do I schedule with you if I decide I'm I'm ready to take the leap? And then if I do schedule with you, what do I, what do I actually pay you? I'm, I'm a little confused about your rates and what you actually charge and how the money works. Like, I don't even know, does my insurance cover it? And if it does, what part do they cover? What part do I cover? I'm like, I'm a little fuzzy about all that. I don't really understand copays because I go to one place, they ask me for a copay. I go somewhere else, they don't ask me for a copay. How do I know what to expect with you? And if you don't take insurance, that's fine. I've heard about a lot of people these days who don't, and I'm kind of okay with that, but I don't really know what you charge or how I can pay you. Like, 
Do you work with people around things like that? Is there a way we can make this manageable? I don't really know and I can't really tell. And then I go ahead and figure that out and I get on your schedule and you send me something telling me to fill out paperwork, but the paperwork's confusing and I can't figure it out. I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to download it. I don't know how to fill it out. I don't know how to get it back to you. Do I have to print it? Am I supposed to scan it? Am I supposed to bring it to you? You know, depending upon how comfortable I might be with online stuff, I may not have any idea how to handle that. I might be fine with it, but it is a little tricky. And, uh, and I don't, going back to the payment again, do I pay you before I come? Do I have to pay you when I schedule? Do I pay you in advance? Can I pay you later? Do you take checks? Oh, don't worry. I don't use checks anymore. That's so last year. How about Apple Pay? Do you do Apple Pay? I said last year. I probably should have said last century. But do you see, I have trouble finding you and then I have trouble reaching you and then I have trouble scheduling with you and then I have trouble figuring out how to pay you. And sometimes I have trouble working with you. And because I know that those of you who listen to my podcast would never do these kinds of things, I'm going to trust that this won't be a problem for you. But just in case you think that we healers are above these kinds of mistakes, I want to share with you at least three things I can remember that I've seen happen in my world, in the mental health world. I once saw a couple who told me that their last therapist, their therapist got frustrated with them, threw her hands up literally and left, just walked out of the session. Yeah. And then there was the therapist I knew who made the decision to move from insurance to, uh, to self-pay, which, you know, I'm, I'm all about that, gave her client something like three weeks notice. That's not a good thing. <laughs> and then there was the time I was actually serving on a, an advisory panel for a local managed care company. And we started getting complaints because a psychiatrist who had a ton of this network's people in his practice, they, his clients or his patients were showing up at the door and there was a notice posted on the door that he had closed his practice. Like literally a notice stuck on the door saying he had closed his practice and there was no way to find him. There was no number you could call when you called the number that had been in his practice. It had been disconnected. He literally disappeared without a trace. He wasn't sick. He hadn't had some kind of a health crisis. It wasn't that kind of thing. He just closed his doors. So y'all, we do actually sometimes make it harder for our customers to find us, hire us, work with us, pay us, than we realize. And don't you think it's worth it to make sure that isn't the case in your practice? One of the hallmarks of success, one of the best things you can do to ensure that you have a healthy income and that you are serving people in the best way is to make their work with you as seamless and easy as possible. So here's the exercise I have in mind for you. You might want to create a simple survey and perhaps for starters, just check in with the things I've mentioned, how they find you, how they reach you, how they schedule with you, how they pay you and how the work itself is going. That's five areas. You could create a simple little five area questionnaire with just one question in each that says on a scale of one to 10, are you, how satisfied are you? Or one to five, how satisfied are you? And what suggestions would you have for improvement? So 
something that simple that you hand to your clients in person in the waiting room, or you send to them digitally online, or you have your assistant send it out automatically to all new clients, maybe after their first visit, something like that. I don't know. But if you created a survey like that and employed it on a semi-regular basis, I think you might catch a few problems before they become problems. You might be able to smooth over a few rough spots that you didn't even really know you had. And you might be able to make your clients even happier. And I kind of think that's worth doing, don't you? Yeah. So that's what I got for you today. I hope your next restaurant experience or any other customer service experience is way better than mine was. But if you've got a funny story of your own to share, by all means, send it to me. I'd love to hear it. You can send it to me at wendy at wendypittsreeves.com. Who knows? Maybe I'll tell a few more of your funny stories on the air in the future. That's what I got, y'all. Have a great week, and I will see you next time. Bye now. Hey guys, before you go, I'd like to offer you just a little dose of some extra support. I know I talk here a lot on Ideal Practice about specific strategies for how to move your practice forward. And when I do, like today, my hope is that you will end the episode feeling clear, excited, inspired, and kind of ready to take action. But I also know that something that sounds so clear in the moment can get kind of fuzzy later. One minute you're like, oh my gosh, what a great idea. I'm totally going to do that. The next minute you sit down to do it and you're like, wait a minute, what did she say? What was that part? (laughs) Well, that's completely normal, y'all. The idea, thinking about it, and even hearing me talk about it is the easy part. Taking imperfect action is how you move that idea forward. And I'd love to help you with that if I can. It can be sort of amazing sometimes how much it helps just to talk through your ideas with someone else out loud. And if you're lucky, to maybe get some help coming up with a step-by-step plan. Well, we can do that. I can help you with that. And we can do that with a quick start consult. To learn more about that, what it is, how it works, go to my website, wendypittsreeves.com forward slash consult. Again, that's wendypittsreeves.com forward slash consult. Everything you need to know is right there. And um, if it sounds good to you, join me. I'd love to work with you. Take care. Bye now.